Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Geonosis, where we talk about Star Wars from a certain point of view. I'm Angie. I'm David. Got it right this time. <laughs> Today, we are here at NME Props in Temple City, California, to interview owner Marcus Napuri with his intern, John Rodriguez. Woo! Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do that, David is going to tell us the hot happenings in Star Wars this week. David? Oh, okay. Um, the first one is on April 17th, they announced the new Star Wars book. It's going to be Han Solo and Lando Calrissian themed. Yeah. Uh, all we know about it is they said it's going to take place in multiple like uh, time frames, with one being in between the new Solo film and A New Hope, and the other being after Return of the Jedi, but I'm assuming before Episode Seven. So that's that news, I guess, if you like books. So the so the EU of so the Han Solo books from the past are just gonna be considered EU and not canon. Is that yeah, they're correct? no longer canon. Yeah. So this is the whole This is the new canon. New canon. Yes. Yeah. New things going on. Um, <laughs> I think with a new movie that's gonna be great, you know, it's gonna kinda tie in. Oh yeah, I think they're definitely gonna take uh, a lot of, you know, inspiration from the old books, but you know, still change it to where we don't know what's going to happen since right. a lot of us probably read them. I think they're going to pick and choose what they want. For oh, yeah. Right. Ryan Johnson did with like, they'll probably, like, take stuff like, oh, Han Solo was royalty, and they'll incorporate that in, but they won't do, like, his exact A, B, C, D, this is how he became Han Solo right. sort of thing. So that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to reading that, because I love the Han Solo trilogy books. Those were great. I loved reading those. Those were really good But reading. those are out now. Those ones. Oh, yeah, those are out. Those are Those are gone. So they're gonna, still a good read if you haven't read them, but yeah. they're, they're out. Well, they, maybe they'll just pick and choose as to what what they're going to keep, what they're not going to keep. Yeah. Or, you know, Same thing with like uh, like the new trilogy movies, because there was a whole... All that was fleshed out in almost probably a hundred books, what they did after Return of the Jedi. And did you, you can't... Those? I didn't read all of them, but I'm aware that oh, yeah. they kind of just wiped it and... <sighs> what they want. It's a really good story. But I think they brought them back. At first they were considered legend and mm -hmm. now they're EU. So it's it's kind of, they don't want to lose that 40 year old fan base. Yeah, they I want to keep that. And some of the books were really great. So I, I don't oh, yeah. you know, why get rid of them? And if you're going to bring back anything from the Old Republic, those books are going to count. If they decide, well, they knock on wood. It. They might use it for source material. Yeah. You know, yeah there's definitely. plenty of material to choose from in there. That's what I think. I think a lot of the stuff they're going to do is like, oh, we'll bring Darth Bane back, which they kind of did in Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So he's technically canon, but they'll say he had a really interesting story that everybody knows through those books, but we're just going to alter it slightly. So you're still getting a new story, but you're getting the character you love. I think like that's what they're going to do with almost everything now. Right. Kind of keep like a little base of what it started off as and then kind of... But, but Jump give from it their there. own flavor, right? Right, yeah. right. Because you don't want people to know the end of the story right. of before you get there. Because like half the audience is going to go in not reading or knowing about this old canon, and More they're going to be wowed. And the other half is going to come in knowing I think about they called it. Called the millennials. The millennials. <laughs> <laughs> the other half will go in knowing about it, and they'll either be <clears throat> ecstatic that they did it, or more than likely they'll be like. That's love what it was like in the books, but that's not the way I wanted to see it done. And then they'll just be angry. So it's like, yeah, you might as well just you know, take the old flavor and make it something new. Well, you're pulling in a lot of kids that have not been part of stories the last 40 years. You're pulling in 
a lot of people, you know, you see people walking around with Star Wars shirts and stuff now where mm-hmm. you would have never seen that. Right. Or, and I feel like that's the thing a lot of people are confusing. It was never our Star Wars to begin with. It's a generational thing. Oh, yeah. Right, so right. I agree with a that. A lot of people are upset nowadays about the new movies not being the way they envisioned it. And it's like, this is they're trying to attract new audiences. Mm-hmm. This is for the kids mm-hmm. now. Right. Same as when they did the prequels. They're like, Since I'm a kid, that fits it. Well, you know, well, yeah. they already yeah. have one. <laughs> you, you can either accept it or, or be yeah. upset. And, yeah. and there's no reason to be upset. You can, you know, it's but I think that's why they're. But I think that's why they're kind of giving it, let's say, a, a new look. You know, well, Or they miss a nostalgia like that they got. Like remodeling an old house. Sure, no, but they miss the nostalgia they got from the, the original trilogy. Right. So all of a sudden, they're expecting that feeling to come back, and they don't get it, and they're upset. And it's like, well... Which is funny, well, because you can never recreate they, nostalgia. Exactly, yeah. exactly. exactly. It's, it's and you're right. not going to get that, because you're, it's like seeing it for the first time. And they've already they've already read the books for 40 years. They already know a lot of these stories. Or so they already have their own... Um, idea in the head. Yeah, yeah. Their own opinion of what they think should be next or how it's going to progress. And when they see it's something, a, a huge twist, oh, you know, they go up in arms and it's, hey. That's why I think The Last Jedi kind of took a hit from a lot of fans was because not necessarily all the old stuff, but we had two years and so many questions in between the last two movies. Right. And you go on YouTube, you type in Star Wars and theory. Millions of videos and everybody has their own theory about every character <laughs> yeah. and everybody's theory is right so it's like we oversaturated the market with where star wars is going to go in terms of you know history and these characters and nobody was right yeah and now everybody's upset because nobody, that's what i think is going on it's like uh, it's like a give and take you gotta you gotta understand that theory and all that stuff has its place but that's exactly what it is it's theory and when the movies come out or the new books or the games or whatever you just have to enjoy it it's not up to us it's up to us whether we enjoy it or not but but the story progressing the way you want it to is not up to us oh no no, exactly we have no control over we can either enjoy it or not enjoy it and why not enjoy it well i enjoy it i mean it's like the first three movies it's like phantom menace and uh, clone wars everyone's getting all upset about it but i still enjoyed them yeah when they first came out a lot of people were upset about those movies yeah when they came out, I made the decision, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy whatever they give me and, and stop being so critical. Because it's Star yeah. Wars, no matter exactly. what. Exactly. I love Star Wars. Or be less critical of the acting and follow more the story, because that's the point. Like, we didn't know what happened right. before. All of a sudden, we're getting all this information. Luke's dad, you know, who trained him? Who trained his, you know, who trained his... Uh, yeah. Right. So on and so forth. And and that's what we need to take from it. Not, oh, I didn't like the way they directed it, or, or, right. or, or so-and-so right. character was not, you know... To me, it's a look of, of grand time. It's the old Republic. It's something that we had not seen before. So I think it's... I, I loved them. I still do. I still watch them all the time. So Oh, yeah. I, Who doesn't love a good pod race? <laughs> I mean, episode 2 and Episode 3, outside of Return of the Jedi and Empire, I've watched those movies more times than I can count. Cause yep. I, Same I, here. They're just... They're great. You just have to... If you don't like them, you just have to find what's great about them. Like, I think what really sold me over for Attack of the Clones was, A, Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. Even though they offed him, which yeah, I am upset yeah. about. But more than that, it was like the first time we saw grand battle happening. Oh, yeah. Armies yeah. running at each other. And yep. it was, I don't mm-hmm. know, whether you like the film or not, that sequence alone was just like, mm-hmm. that's what we've always envisioned for Star Wars, but we never got. It was always three or four people running down a hallway with five people chasing right, them. Right. Or it was just dogfights <laughs> in space. Like, you never got the grand battle, so I loved that. I loved right. it, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today we are here at Enemy Props to interview Marcus and his intern, John, like I said earlier. And our show is going to be about prop making. Right. So we have some questions for you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us when your love 
both of you guys, can you tell us when your love for Star Wars started? And uh, what gave you, Marcus, the idea to start Enemy Prop? And what gave you, John, the idea to become that intern? <laughs> so who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. So uh, my love for Star Wars definitely started as a kid. I mean, uh, I grew up with it. Um, I think I was like two years old when I saw oh, the wow. first movie on TV, you know, and it, it was just amazing. Not and the movie theater, TV. TV, yeah. <laughs> I had to watch it on TV, but yeah. So uh, it, that... Uh, your love for Star Wars starts when you first see the first movie. Oh, yeah, it's like it, it was immediate and it was, uh, you know, something that just blew my mind as a kid. It, it was just so ahead of its time and and the whole uh, drama and everything was just, I got drawn into it. The art, oh my gosh, I'm an artist. I've been an artist since I was a kid. And um, starting Enemy Props was something that I think began also as a child i mean ever since a kid i was a kid i was always making costumes i was uh at that time i was big into knights and and oh, I, wow. I made myself knight helmets and costumes and uh ever since i was yeah since, since i was a little kid i was always making stuff out of paper out of you know whatever i could get my hands on so you wanted to turn this into a business uh it's not that i wanted to turn it into a business it just happened you know um the way Enemy Props started was uh, I got invited to a costume party and uh, I had no idea the world of costuming even existed really. You know, I'd seen... Um, it's a wonderful world. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> huge. Yeah. Like, uh, I was aware of Comic-Con and those things, but um, I got inv invited to a, a Halloween party and uh, it was a bunch of costumers that were going, 501st members. Oh, wow. And and so I went, and I but I, I brought a helmet that I made for myself for Halloween. It was a, it was just made out of uh, cardboard and, and Bondo. And I brought <laughs> it, and then everybody there was just so amazed at it. And they were like, oh, my gosh, where'd you get this? And like, oh, I made it. And then well, you could sell these. And then I was like, really? Hmm. So that started it, and I started looking into making costume helmets. And It's almost like Lord of the Rings, so it begins. <laughs> so it began, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and, that's the wrong universe. And it was just a hobby, you know. It was fun, and uh, they just started selling like crazy. So I was like, all right, let me uh, just do this. And, and that, that was that. And they're pretty cool looking. We're going to have pictures up on our Facebook page so you can take a look at it. So, John. Yeah, Tell us. It's very similar to Marcus's story. Uh, I was very young when I got into it. I think it, uh, it, either my mom or dad brought home a VHS tape of A New Hope. And I don't think it said A New Hope. I think it just said Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yeah, because I don't think the it older was, ones. Yeah, yeah, I think they renamed it later. But I still have my VH. Yeah. So do I. Three set. I, I, have, have, I have two sets. I have, I have, <laughs> forgot it, but I have the three set uh -huh. now. Cause it, and it was $100. I remember when we were little, the three VH tapes for the three, the first uh, original trilogy was $100. And I was like, we're never going to be able to buy that. Because I was like seven or eight. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Did you and, have the uh, 20th anniversary or just the regular ones? It's the THX remastered. Oh, like in the gold box? It's, yeah. it's a, that's it's what a I little have. package, yeah. yeah. And that's oh, that the one, one. I still one. have okay. that, I, that I used to watch after I got it. But um, And I remember uh, the first lightsaber I ever made was with a mag light. Yep. I got a, yes. little, a little mag light and uh, I had some blue film paper that I put right over <laughs> the yeah. thing so it would just illuminate blue. And there was so much dust in my room, I think that I, the lights would be off and you could see the dust yeah. flow through the blue and it would look like a blade. 
And that's what I would kind of play with in my room. And I had a neighbor that lived in a flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best. It was yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. And I actually rebought the same flashlight that I had as a kid just to remember that that was like, oh, that, that was a, a lightsaber once too. That was your first yes. lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the thing that got me into the prop making, or at least interested, was meeting Marcus and, and uh, becoming parts of, uh, of the clubs. But um, mm-hmm. when I came to his shop and saw. The, the amazing things he makes and how he makes it and how they, it's just it's it's a wow factor each time for me because you you do it's like you you create something from nothing it's like yeah. there's it's liquid and dust and and, <laughs> and, and you put it in a, in a piece of uh, uh, and jiggy and all this and you turn it for a few minutes and, and, and you like wait it, and all of a sudden you have this a wearable thing you know after trimming you have a wearable prop that you can paint and customize and it and it blows my mind every time I, I i've done i don't know 12 or 13 helmets already and each pull is like wow yeah you know and he's like whoa you know it's magic yeah it's amazing yeah. it's amazing and, and especially when you do something you're not very familiar with for the first time and you do it well and it turns out it, it gives you i don't know it's it's so really no jedi cool. mind tricks to make this no not at all <laughs> just a couple uh, ingredients and, and and some patience and uh i'm still learning obviously i'm, I'm an intern so i don't know everything but it's amazing. It's so a lot it, of fun. I know for like everybody, including me, when I started doing, especially casting and all that work, when you first started, was your first full for like when you started pulling the mold to get it out? Was it like were you both like excited and terrified? Like, did I break it? Did yeah. I mess up? Is there air bubbles? <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I don't. I didn't know what could go wrong yet. He, you know, it's like here are the steps. This is what you mix. This is how you do it. Go, and you do it, and all of a sudden, yeah, you you know, you pull one out, and you're like, wow, it's solid, great. And you start removing everything, and also, someone that's new doesn't know the tolerances of these things. Like you don't know yeah, if something's yeah. gonna rip, or you right. know. So yeah. you're Super doing everything very delicately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you pull the first helmet out, and it's exactly what you expected. It's amazing, and you're just like, wow. Like okay, there's one. Let's see the other one, and then <laughs> do the same thing, and it's wow. Okay, great, and then it's just like your smile gets bigger and bigger. It's it's really cool. I don't know. It's a really. And I've seen helmet. a lot of these helmets out, and the one thing I love about that is I was at a, um, sh- we were at a, a show for some kids, and when a girl had your helmet, mm-hmm. and you signed it on the inside, mm-hmm. and she was so proud of the fact that it was number five. Because yeah. you sign all your helmets, I'd and, she, and, and I was them. blown yep. away. I did not know you did that until yeah. she showed me. Well, when I first started, I didn't sign them, but what I found was when I would go to a convention, a lot of the mercs, or the Mando mercs that had my helmets would search me out and, and, and get, want my autograph. So ever since that, I started, I'm like, well, I should just sign them all and, and number them. So that's when I started, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It shows real authenticity right. to the product, I've and I love that. Too. I have a couple that are like number three, and I'm like, okay, that's going in the shelf. <laughs> See, it shows real authentic- yeah. authenticity and that you took the time yeah. to do this for each and every one who buys one of your helmets. Right. Enemy props. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have never thought to do that for any of the props I made in the past. But, like, it's funny because when I build computers for people, when I build custom systems, I sign them and yeah, I number yeah. them. So, like, they know it's where it's coming from. And if somebody, not like it ever happens because I'm not, like, a big builder or anything, but, like, if somebody ever tried to resell it or exactly. tried to sell something under my name, if that ever happened. Thing. My helmets keep a really good resale value. I've noticed, like, when once the... They want to upgrade and buy a new helmet. They'll sell their old one and and they'll sell quickly. And yes. Yeah, people want them it's, because it's not especially with the signature in it. Exactly, yeah, and like, you can see the you can see the difference in quality. All different things have all different things have diff, you know they'll you can either see like the ones that look like they come from the costume store 
or some right. something that looks like it was it's quality yeah, it and your like, items are quality i put a lot of time into them yeah yeah my process is uh, let me tell you a little bit about my process Yeah, we'd like yeah. to hear that yeah yeah for and for i'm those, sure our everyone listening would love to hear it too yeah for your listeners who aren't familiar with enemy props um what i do is i make mostly costume helmets for the mercs but i also do jetpacks and, and mercs you mean by the mandalorian merc costume club they're they're amazing wonderful people uh, i love them and uh they're yeah. essentially like the mandalorian of the 501st like they're yeah, up yeah. to that they're like that scale of level it's right. that sect yeah, yeah so each club has their own like bad guys good guys and the mandalorians yeah you know mm-hmm. so yeah so the mandalorians I think it's always been like that even in the star wars world <laughs> right pretty much what attracted me to the to make helmets for the mercs was that they create their own uh um characters so for me, as as an artist growing up, like I, I love making replicas, but I much would rather design my own stuff. So with the Mercs Costume Club, that gave me that freedom to design my own helmets. So uh, my first designed helmet that I did was the uh, Assassin, and uh, that's still one of the top-selling helmets that I have. And uh, it was just my idea of what Boba Fett would look like in the future. So I was doing like my idea of a future design of his helmet and it just started from there and but yeah enemy props i i design um my favorite thing to do is to design my own helmets um my process uh i'll i'll take a lump of clay well actually it starts with a sketch of course and then i'll sculpt that in clay and then with the clay i'll do a waste mold which is once the clay is sculpted as 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 nice as i can get it you can't get it perfect in clay because you know it's, it's soft um, I'll do a waste mold and from that mold I can cast one helmet and then that casting that I get out of that I'll sand it and I'll get all the lines perfect and straight I call that mastering so I master that and that becomes the master so once that's done then I do what's called the master mold which is what we get all the production helmets out of so right. how long do your molds usually last for your master molds? Like how many pulls can you get? I get a lot out of them because I treat them very well and uh, I design my own molds so I know what um, ha- helps them last longer. So I get about 100 pulls per mold. Oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's really good actually. Yeah, it is really good. <laughs> but you have to take care of them and, you know, over time. I've been doing this for about seven years now. Wow. And I, I'm I'm the Rotocast guy. If you ever have any questions about Rotocasting, I'm the guy to come to. I built my own Rotocast machine. Uh, the, wow. Actually, I, I built and designed uh, this one you see behind me. It's uh, the only one in existence. It's a three chamber, so I can do I can ca- I can Rotocast three helmets at once. Oh wow! Which, and uh, Rotocast, you mean your your turn? It's turning and turning. Yeah. It, yeah it while turns, you're it's like while it's molding. Axis. Yeah. It so everything on. is getting mixed up and properly, and then the way you want it. Right. It, so yeah, the mold uh, basically sits in the center, and it's a uh, two-axis X and Y, so it'll rotate, uh, you know, both directions at the same time. And what that does is it uh, it pulls the the liquid at the bottom, which is urethane plastic. It'll pull, and once it rotates, that pull at the bottom will eventually coat the whole interior of, of your mold. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's kind of cool because you're you're getting a hundred of them, but it's not like as if you're getting something that's made in a huge right. uh, conveyor belt kind of situation where it's just like go, and you're going to see like floss. The this 
from what I can see, it is top notch. It is Thanks. really, yeah. really beautiful, and I've always loved that. Yeah, I put a lot of time into my sculpting and the mastering of the helmet. So, you, and you can see that in my castings. My castings come out beautiful. You know, um, I I sand every everything to I think I sand my masters. I sand to eight hundred grit, so it's a nice smooth finish on them. They're they're practically ready for paint when you get them when you buy the hero version. I also sell raw casts where you can do all the cleanup work yourself. It's a little bit better price for people that you know need that. Right. But then if you want a hero version ready for paint, I do that too. But they're not heavy either. They're no. not a, they, they weigh I, about I three felt, pounds. Yeah, yeah, I felt the helmets. They're not heavy at all. Mm -hmm. They're comfortable to wear. And I mean, if you wanted to put any kind of uh, padding on the inside, you have that option. Yeah. So it's giving you the option of what you want to do with the helmet. That's right. another reason why I decided to intern here or, or seek him out or, you know, be in this situation because of the quality of what he produces. I've seen, I've bought other helmets from other people and I've never seen any, and this is speaking uh, not because I'm his intern, but because I'm a fan of his work. Right. It's the best quality helmets I've ever seen in, in this uh, costuming community. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. <clears throat> quality, detail, attention to detail, uh, uh, the the way he, he does things, the way he installs things, everything is done in a way that is that I haven't seen done in a, uh, anywhere else. Yeah, no, I mean, just right. looking at some of the castings over there, like, just the greeblies on the side of the helmet, like, that's, yeah. they're not super intricate, but just how perfect right. they are. And, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of unison with each other, it's like, I mean, that's, for some people, they could work hours and hours and hours on a sculpt and not get it that good. And for, for us, as costuming groups... We have stringent rules that we got to follow because they want it movie accurate. Right. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times people get angry because their their costumes are not accepted. Right. And they spend all that money. Right. And, but uh, be, because they have to be movie accurate, right. and so I would think that this would be a smart buy, Rega regardless of how much you pay. It's a smart buy. Yeah. So that's what I was curious about too. Is so when people order a helmet from you, mm -hmm. irregardless of what style. I, like you said, you had like the finished masters, uh -huh. and then you also have like essentially the bare bones where you cut the flashing out, you sand it yourself if mm -hmm. we need a little more sanding. Yeah, so, do are all the are, are all the master helmets or most of them you sell? Do you paint them beforehand, or I don't do, you do you paint any none? painting. Right you don't do any now. of them. No, no. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all they all come ready to paint. But well, okay, I you know because uh, the Mercs Club is mostly um, like I said, they make their own characters. It's, it's so super custom. Yeah, super custom. So they're gonna they're gonna choose their own colors. They're gonna choose you know, and maybe I was thinking about offering paint ups in the future, but um, you know, right I, now I don't do it. Yeah, I think people, as far as I've seen from the Mercs. They they will paint specifically because yeah. the the one girl who had the number five helmet hers was purple yeah and it was beautiful and the things that she yes and I and I think that's really cool that they're given the option yeah you know you can paint and do the way you want but to that's why they come to him because you can have the same like you can have five people with the same helmet but they all, all do different. different paint jobs and you and can't they won't tell look it's the same, same yeah right yeah they all look incredible like wow, and they modify them too which is something yeah. that I really oh, yeah. enjoy seeing is when somebody takes my helmet and they add a visor or they'll add like you know the pilot's uh, right. guard on the front or the, even Blaster any of the, the bejewelly, you know, kind yeah, of things yeah, on like the helmet. Yeah, and they have yeah. like a dragon, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. embellished on the top. Right. 
or, or some people change the, the 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 shape of the visor to make it more custom and for them. Yes, I've seen that done. Electronics you can put in them, lights, lights. Uh, yeah. fans in it. Yeah, there's yeah, because I've seen you can do. A, voice boxes, voice control. Yeah, I've seen tons of different ones, and I, I like I said, I love them. So. So what would you say is your best-selling helmet? Is like the standard Mandalorian helmet or? Uh, the best-selling helmet right now, I would have to say, oh, sorry. Um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Because I see you have like a lot of the bear, like just the standard Boba Fett, Jango Fett, Mandalorian, that type helmet in here. That's not the best-selling one. That's not the best-selling one? I mean, Hence it's, the clones. it's probably third. It's probably like the third <laughs> highest-selling. The, the best-selling right now is the Stalker. Hands down. Stalker. Oh, really? My stalker. It's one of my original designs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool then. I, I, that's like always nice, especially when everybody wants to be Boba Fett at some point in their it's lives and have when, your... When the, when the one he yeah, did custom is selling is the, more than yeah, the actual exactly. one in the Yeah, movie, I, right? have, I have people that uh, will, will just buy whatever I make because they want one for their shelf. So, oh yeah. yeah yeah so that's kind of like what i am i'm like just if you have something give it to me because i love to display it you yeah know? yeah i right. have three of his helmets yeah but you can <laughs> one on we will say at the christmas party became the wild helmet right. yeah. well that one is that one got there's a story behind that now too that it got traded for something else that's that's in the works that hasn't been done yet but wow it's, but it's that was right. definitely i love our christmas parties because we're part of the saber guild the Christmas yeah. party and that helmet. Yeah, if you want a chance to get the... a free helmet, you got to join Saber Guild. Because <laughs> yeah. at the Christmas party, I'm known to give away Yes, <laughs> and, it's, and it comes in different boxes. And yeah, it comes I, try to, in... I try to make it hard for people to get. Yes, because they don't. But once that helmet's out and we do the white bantha, it is, it is the most... It's a war. Yeah, it becomes a war. <laughs> Everyone wants the helmet. Yes. It doesn't matter what else anyone brought. They might have brought really cool things. It doesn't matter. Where's people the helmet? Start pistol yes, whipping and each that's other. the third yeah. Christmas. It's the third oh, Christmas but, party we've gone to. But actually, my helmet wasn't the, the the biggest gift at the last Christmas party. I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was the book with Mark Hamill's signature in it. Yeah, that you gave. Somebody yeah. gave away. Yeah. Yes, that one was that one was fun because I we were fun. at the you movie stole premiere. My spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> we were at the movie premiere, and I pretty much knocked Anthony over. Get that signature. Get that signature. I'm pushing him, pushing him. Telling him get the signature from Mark. It had to be in that book. And all and all that just to give it away at our Christmas yes, party. Yes, I wanted awesome. to give it away that at the so Christmas good. party. That's really nice. But I didn't want to tell anybody that I was doing that mm-hmm. because then I didn't want it to become the a, hot a sought after. Yes, and, yes. And Vince got it. Who costumes as? And I couldn't as even Luke. believe yeah. he got that. What I did was I bought two books weighing the same, <laughs> and the one was signed, the other one wasn't. But oh, they were not wow. the same book. Put them in the same box, uh-huh. and I put a smiley face on the one that was the box that had Mark had Hamill's. A yes, so you knew. and so he turned around and grabbed that box, but nobody knew it's I did fate. that, and it was fate. Yeah, he cried. Yeah, he, he cried. I could not Luke. believe that. So I thought yeah. that was really wonderful. Yeah. See, that's the wonderful part of Star Wars yeah. is that it's a huge group of family, even though we're not all related. We all have something in common. We have the same and, passion in common. Right. It's, it's the love of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just reminded because I want to get my Mark Hamill autograph. That's the one I want. <laughs> the, the only other one I have is Billy Dee Williams from Star Wars, I think. But outside of that, my most cherished one is Leonard Nimoy now that you know, oh, he passed away. Yeah, but yeah. I want Mark Was Hamill's. it on a napkin? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, unfortunately, it was not. I would have loved to have it on a napkin just for oh that joke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's part of DNA. the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> 
had his DNA. So, <laughs> so all these are urethane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So have you thought right. about like if you start expanding to other things, have you thought about doing like silicone to like stunt props or anything like that? Or uh, well, I was thinking of doing some rubber casts, but you know, at the time, th- right now, this is what I'm, I'm focusing on. But yeah, I think and seeing your list. Wow. Yeah, yeah I have a huge <laughs> to do list. So yeah, so so I, I don't get around to doing. Ordered much. one today. Mm-hmm. About like what's the wait time? The wait time right now is probably like four to six weeks. Oh, that's, oh, not, that's bad not bad at all. I would no. have got like an operation this size with you know what the two of you. I would have guessed like four he to has six him months. Working right. ten hours. So, <laughs> that's really good turnover. It is a good turnover. It is, and I'm glad you say that because like even the customer. Well, well, that's the thing. Is like I mean, people, hell, people are complain. so angry. But people are so anxious that they, they they want their helmet now. Like, oh, where's my helmet? I mean, where's you my helmet? I, like, I think a lot of times do? people think that you just have them on the shelf, but that's the beauty of it. No. You don't. You don't. No, I make it. It's made. made to order. Yeah. yeah. Once you order it, I make it. That's yeah. how it works. And I would prefer it that way. I'd prefer to get something made to order because then you know. Yeah. It was made, it was made for, for me, you, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Rather than oh, this is that, just something off the shelf. You know? yeah. right. exactly. You didn't just pull one off the shelf, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This was made and no, made I, with love. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I have friends who bought like, I think it's like they're on a three-year wait list yep. now from a Novos yep. for like a first-order thing yep. for pre-orders still. Yeah, yeah. Even helmets, just bare helmets. Yeah. So I mean. And that's an actual company with a huge manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're turning these out in like a month, yeah. that's like, that's outstanding. Especially when you think about all the work you have to do where you, like a mold breaks, you have to go, now make you have to yeah. go back into making new mold. Like you have to deal with all of that and you're doing it. And I'm not just cranking the helmet out and sending it to you. I crank it out and then I mass, then I sand everything. Like if, you, if you're, if you're ordering the HeroCast... I clean everything up and it's ready that's for paint the, that's when you the, get it. That's the most time consuming part, at least in my experience, yeah, exactly. is finishing. Mm-hmm. And not and not even talking about painting or weathering, just actually yep. getting it to the perfect form to where it can be painted, weathered mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. added on. Mm-hmm. That's like the hardest not the hardest, but the most time consuming part. But I think people are happy when they see that because you know there is there's not all of that to do. Now you, like you said, some people want to do it themselves. They want to sand it and everything themselves and that you know, that's still good. But to be able to get that helmet and just say, you know what, this is what I'm going to paint. This is what I'm going to do. And I think it's worth the time. I'm and that wait. person. I would rather get it ready to paint than to have to do it myself. That's just because, not because I'm lazy, but just because the fun part is to paint it. And, right, right. right. I, I'd rather have Marcus do the hard part and the, the tedious part. And then I can receive. And that's what I, I focus mean, on. Like, I want to give people what they see on my website. Right. You know, right. Like, like, what you see is what you get. Like, when you order it, because, like, I've ordered props and they put up pictures and then you get it and it's like, You're like what else. is this yeah, that is totally <laughs> not what was the picture you know but yeah. which which is sells the most the the one that they buy they they paint they they, they file and everything themselves or the hero Okay, so the raw cast is what you're talking raw about, cast, yes. which I just Sorry. started doing not too long ago, and I totally thought that that was gonna be like, okay, quick sells, and I'll I'll get to crank them out and just push them out, and because because I know that's what people want, quick turnaround, and you know, and it's a, a lower price point, so it's easier for people to get. But I was surprised that when I put that out, people were still are still mostly buying Hero Cast, which oh, is yeah. which is my cleaned up version, so. I, hero I, cast and visor that's what i'm saying like i'd rather get yeah. a hero i'd rather pay yeah. a little more and get perfection yep. than, than than have to like uh be uncertain yeah, if I'm not I, as, oh yeah you know. i'll tell you from even years of model making and 
prop work on my part to it's anybody can finish mm-hmm. a raw casting but the the amount of time it takes the right. dedication there is a huge curve of experience for there so yeah, like exactly. i can understand like especially if you don't build your own stuff but you're an excellent painter and you just want to get something to do mm-hmm. i could totally understand because if not if you've never done it before you're talking like even months sometimes Absolutely. depending on how much free time you have just right. to finish a prop to right. it in so perfect yeah. form and just to paint is, you yeah, know, for some people... For something that, to clean up a helmet takes me, like, 15 minutes, would take somebody, like, two weeks. Because yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Well, and that, so, and then their, their time, they got to get off work, and then, you know... Right. Then go work on their project for a little bit, and come back and forth, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. I mean, I've seen people overfinish props that don't know what they're doing, too, with right. sanding, and they'll... And they'll you'll like, it'll become uneven. Yeah, sand off details, edges, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's better. It's, but I like how you do the raw casting, though. Yeah. Because that's something, yeah. like, I would buy that... Just to have a project to do because yeah. I love finishing props. Right. Yeah, and you you know, and, and for people on a budget, it works well. You know, but you, you're you you're also it. making not only are you making the helmet or having to work on the helmet, you have to work on the costume as well. So right. people want to get that helmet because everything else is ready to rock. It expedites right. and, the process. Right. Yeah, right. I have a set of armor, uh, a jumpsuit. Uh, accessories, Gauntlet, weapons, yeah, yeah. And, and now they have to clean up and cut the and helmet out yeah. too. It's, it's just, it's just one more thing to add to the list. Right. If you eliminate that, you pay a little more, you get the master to do it. It's perfect, it's right? It's yeah. one less thing off your off your list, and you and then going. you go in for approval. And right. I mean, and at that point, it's the wait too, you right. know, for the approval. But at least you cut out the middleman, and you've got everything ready to rock. Yeah, right, totally. So like something cool I like to do, only because I love like educational stuff in any format would be to bring a camera here mm-hmm. and film you actually teaching people how to finish a raw cast. That I've would be like awesome. I've been to get videos out. I mean, I even filmed a That how means to we're install. coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I've tried to videotape and, and put out some videos on how to do, you know, how to clean up, how to do a visor install. But I just don't have time to edit it and yeah. then publish it and put it out. Like, <laughs> Pointing just... at me for being the editor. Yes, he is our editor <laughs> in chief. Uh, video, video editing takes so much time. Oh, but yeah, especially can... if you're not used to it. It's yeah. yeah, it's not something I do every day. It's a science so. if you're – oh, it is. It really – it's easy. I say anybody can do it. But it once again, like with a lot of things, it's a steep learning curve. And But once you get it, it's like you finishing a rock. Right, it's, right. It's just bam, bam, bam. You're, you're done. done. Yeah, yeah. But all of this is the love of Star Wars. It, to be able to put costumes together and do all... It's the love of Star Wars to get out there in that costume. Yeah. And once right. once you get out there, the kids are just yep. so excited to see you. It's yep. worth every minute that you spent sanding, painting, yep. sewing, and everything else. Yeah, it's definitely the reward yes. Yes, to get out there and, and be your own character. You become like a, a hero to the kids yes. and other people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when for they that see you, day, you are that character. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I live vicariously through those kids because I would have loved to right? be a kid and see my heroes yeah. and the villains, you know, interact. Come alive, not only yes. just be there, but interact with me and talk to me and they, you know, have Luke come up or Vader or whoever. Yeah, and in character have, too. And I would yes. have died if that if I had a chance to do that. So, in in a way, it's I'm living out my my childhood fantasies while giving it you know giving back as well. And, That's right. We're all Peter Pan's here. So what Never do you two up. cosplay as then? What's that? For, what do you two cosplay as for Star Wars? And if you do it, I'm a Jedi. Jedi? I do because like uh, John and I, um, we run a group, uh, part of Saber Guild. We do the LA chapter of that. 
called Skywalker Temple. I'm the local director, and John is the I'm the assistant local assistant director. local director. Yeah, so I cosplay as a Jedi, you know. And you haven't done any have Mandalorian you? cosplays? No, I haven't. I haven't had the time. <laughs> have you, <laughs> have you heard of the Builder's Curse? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's I'm like the so dentist. The busy. kids have bad teeth. No, well, <laughs> I'm so busy making making everybody have, else's costumes that yeah. I don't have time to put one together. No, me. I had the same thing, but for me, it was I was constantly. Not for anybody else, but I was constantly working on multiple projects yep. that I was falling behind. Because yep. I would just come up with an idea or I'd go, I want that. And there I am building a new lightsaber or, you know, right. whatever. So I get that completely. Yeah. And John, your characters, tell us. Uh, I have a few. Well, I, not anymore. I had a few. Yeah, I, I started out with a, a generic Sith. And then I did a Jedi that's uh, portrayed on the Rebels cartoon show called Kanan, Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. And then I also did a Kylo Ren costume for a while. And I used to have long hair. Right now it's short, kind of <laughs> short. But I used to be long so I could pull off these other characters. Now I'm doing a short-haired version of Kanan, so that's why I cut my hair. And I'm also that's doing... That's dedication right there. Yeah, it is. Whatever. <laughs> if, you're not going to look like the guy if you don't... If you don't that's do right. That's the, totally <laughs> getting into character. So, totally. <laughs> that's how it is. But uh, I just finished a pilot... Uh, first order tie pilot that that I'm that I do with oh, the pilot first. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it's really awesome. Actually, a gun is needed. I did see that picture. Uh, a gun is there needed. There is a gun. Uh, <laughs> the guy just forgot to send it to me, but yeah, uh, it's coming too. But yeah, uh, I do a few things, but mostly uh, lightsaber related. Costumes. Yeah, that's great. Yes, it yeah. takes you all the way back to the flashlight. It takes you back to the maglite uh, <laughs> with the blue film paper in it. <laughs> But I'll, get, I'll get my Mando together. You should. Yes! yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> now you think Marcus is thinking, hmm. <laughs> I have some really good ideas for Yes. Around, so. It's time to draw it out and put it on the fridge. They say when you put it on the fridge. Oh, that's a that's, good idea. Yes. That's I would actually idea. be really interested to see what actual theme you go with for a Mandalorian armor, like in color palette too. Right. Because I think yours would probably be extremely unique that would be like that's what I'm, one of the yeah. future ones like if somebody told me they were building armor yours would be the and top that's part I'd of the see. reason why i don't have a, a mando costume is because <laughs> the, the expectations <laughs> like, right, are so high yeah, let's see what you're gonna I, make i can't yourself. just whip something out i gotta like make this the best costume that's you, right because it's gotta you know? rock the runway <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. So you don't want to go to a con go, oh, that's the guy for enemy props. Well, look at his like, Look at his costume. Like, oh, <laughs> his paint job looks rough. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but all of us are wowed and you're like, I see every imperfection. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's the thing, too, is like whenever I built something, everybody would be like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like, dude, that's like 50% good. Yeah. Like, do you get that, yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, because you're your own worst judge. You're like, oh, my gosh, this, 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 this. But... All of us would love it. I just know you'd make a great one. I'm going to do it. Yes. You should. Yes. To. So it's now that's on the to-do list on the where? On the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on the fridge. <laughs> so what kind of color scheme do you think you'd go with for a mandolin? <sighs> well, I think I want to um, I want to do like some chrome, but mix, oh, but mix with earth tones. And Somehow kind, I can see a kind blue. Kind of like chrome, uh, distressed, dirty, uh a little bit of the, you know, uh, kind of like oh, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. <laughs> so hard to describe. But it's in there. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. is that something you like to do? Because one of my favorite parts and the whole process of prop making or painting is weathering. Mm -hmm. I love weathering. Is that something you love to do too? Like, do yeah. you love making it look dirty and used? Because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. funny because it's such 
a simple process that anybody can do to make some to make anything look yeah. used. Yeah. It's almost like Western. You kind of get that, you know, the Western cowboy guys. You know, they always look greedy and they always looked, mm -hmm. you know, it looked like it was worn. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's the whole thing with Mandalorians. It's all about battle damage, battle yeah. damage, battle damage, and like the because process, that's what they were, weren't they? Yeah. Like the bad guys of the galaxy out out doing missions. Well, they're mercenaries, so yeah. they're for hire. You know, if you got the money, they're your army. You know, right. that's that's how they are. But yeah, they're. I mean, classic Boba Fett. His helmet, his armor's got scratches, battle dents. You know, you, yeah. his paint job is so intricate that you know it's. Oh, it's, it's layer after layer after layer to get to get the right battle damage look. You know, I mean, I've I had a friend do Boba Fett, and. It was like a five-year process of which three years were the paint, paint. job yeah. on his free time because it is that hardcore. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's why they picked him to be the, the clone guy. Yeah, that, I think that like everybody was going to clone him underneath the, the green. <laughs> underneath the green on Boba's helmet is I think three other colors. Oh so, yeah, so oh, you wow. have yellow, yeah. black, silver, and you have to mask off like each each paint chip. You have to like okay, you do the silver and then you put some masking on. You know, like the the liquid mask, and then you do. Another color, an underneath color, like the red. And yeah. then you do some more mask, and then you do the green on top of that, and then you start peeling off and seeing those layers of chipped paint underneath it. It would be cool to, to be able to get into the mindset of the guy who made Boba Fett's costume. Yeah, the, in the Yeah, the original guy and what he was thinking about how he put these colors together. What what was what was in his mind as, as far as having Boba Fett be this, this iconic character, right. even though in the movies... He spent a little, very little time. Yeah. There was very little camera time <laughs> in the first minutes, two yeah, lines. Exactly, just like Darth Maul. <laughs> but that character is so, like, the helmet and the paint job, yes. everything was just so... Everyone was like, there's, wow! There's a whole costume club just for that one character. Because he was unique, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 There was only one of those guys. Yeah. You know, compared well, to a million stormtroopers. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Right, right. But oh, as far like as in the first movie, but in the second movie, uh, even in Clone Wars, you do see they go to Mandaloria and they find out there's a whole group of these guys. There's a lot of them, right? Yes. Yep. They're, they're, they're uh, their Mandalore. own race. Mandalore. I'm yeah. sorry. Mandalore. No, I, I'm i glad they didn't go with the first prototype of his outfit, which was all white. The white one? Yeah. yeah the uh, proto, proto fit. It yeah. looks cool. Well, I have I have a Black Series figure of him, like a collector's one. Yeah. But with a super trooper. Yeah. Like he was actually being designed as, like a, as a super stormtrooper. Storm yeah. That was, like, like a like stormtrooper commando. Right. He, he had a lightsaber too. Well, the original drawings, you'll see the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Right all the Ralph McQuarrie mm -hmm. stuff is Ralph. insane. Yeah. Oh, so I have a bunch of his, like, uh, like prints yeah. from, from the original. It's like 20 or 30 of them. They're like prints. They're not like his, like just like reprints mm -hmm. of the original set that Lucas took when he was selling Star Wars. Oh, wow. I, I wish There's I had so them here because I would totally just hang them all up in my room. They're yeah. amazing. I think it's really crazy that his toy is considered the Holy Grail of all Star Wars toys. The Boba Fett? The Boba with Fett. The, with the launching rocket. With the launching rocket. And yeah. that was the that was the toy that you had to mail. Yeah, you, you had to do a, mailer. Yeah, yep. you had yep. to do the little certificate and yep. mail it away to get that toy. <laughs> yep. It was but the they, only way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they didn't even release that because they were afraid kids were going to choke on the... Yeah, on the, on the, on the rocket. On the rocket. Yeah. But like, that is the Holy Grail toy. And this guy spent, what, three minutes yeah. on screen? Yeah, <laughs> right. Two lines, three minutes. And it brought you to where you are right now. Yeah. At amazing. Enemy Props. Right, you owe those three minutes. <laughs> yeah, you won the three minutes. <laughs> that would be a cool guy to meet because I know he's on a lot of cons. Uh, Jeremy Bullock. Jeremy Bullock, um, yeah. 
Uh, and he's a uh, he's the guy who played Boba Fett. He didn't do the voice, right? But um, yeah, he would be great because he does everything. He's always at cons. And Daniel Logan too, the young. Boba oh yeah, Fett. both. He's, yeah. he's always around. I have I follow him on Facebook, and he's like. He's, oh man, he's, oh, he was he's so cool. The when did we, we saw him, him at, at uh, 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 NerdBotCon. Yeah, he and was, he was very sweet, very yeah. nice guy. He's got a full costume now. Yeah, yes, yeah. he does. Saw, he just we posted pictures that. of it, yeah. like completely finished. We were a few there weeks when ago. he was dressed in it, oh, and that great. was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. I think he even went to the Mandalorian Mercs to help get it done. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, a couple guys are are helping him put together. Which is awesome. I think they, if I think they should really cast him as like a young, not yeah. kid, but a young uh, Boba uh, Fett, because right. he's starting to, to look exactly like Tamara Morrison. It needs <laughs> to happen. Yes. Yeah. But they should I don't happen. know if it's gonna happen. I don't know. It needs to though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were working you on a Boba Fett know. movie Star- and then they stopped. Right. Disney is coming out with. I think they're spanning out. They realize that I think with Rogue One. That hey, there's something to this. We can step outside the box. Well, I don't, yeah. And like you were saying before, uh, all that new Han Solo stuff that's coming out. There's comic. There's novels, comic books. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just Han. It's like Star Wars Adventures of Han and Chewie. And oh there's yeah. A, a Lando, a standalone Lando comic. There's so much, and that's just off one movie. We've had yep. these characters for 30 years. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, it's rejuvenated and it's a little fresh. And there's a million other outlets they can use. So yeah, right. it's a huge. Revenue. And they can go anywhere. You know, it's like yeah. a vein, different yeah. veins. They can go anywhere with any of the characters. They can go back, which I'm hoping for Old Republic. Fingers crossed. Right. But you know, in any of the like Chewie and, and Han and Long. Lando Calrissian. There's, they could just go anywhere with that, right. mm-hmm. and and Star Wars has Disney has opened the door with Rogue One. I think that's what really got it started, to say, hey, this movie did really great. Now let's go see where we can go. But it's not only that; it's also connecting gaps that are sort of missing between movies. I agree. Like, well, what happened in in these twenty years, or what happened in these yeah. thirty years? All of a sudden, they're they're sprinkling things in, like, oh, that happened right before A New Hope, or that happened uh, also before A New Hope, but before that. So you're you're kind of just everything is little by little getting filled in, and I kind of like that because I like that. I do too. But I, I think they're focusing, and I think it's actually a marketing ploy because of how popular the original trilogy is, nostalgia wise. Mm-hmm. I wish they would kind of get away from. Which I think is, of course, what Ryan Johnson's going to do because his is like nothing you've ever yep. seen before. They're oversaturating us with the same stuff, but it's yeah. all stuff that we'd like to know about. Yeah, right. it's like oh, it's the same characters I've known for forty years. What more can they tell us about them? It's like oh wait, there there is. But more there's stuff, a you know? lot there's they can tell stuff, us, right? yeah, because there's missing gaps, like you said, of of things that we don't know what happened. Right? How did Han and Han meet? You know, Chewie. How you know uh, he was going to be a pilot? What happened? You know, outside of the EU stuff that we. That are, there's books about right. what, what's, what are they going to write? What's, what's Lucasfilm doing with it now? But know? it's like you said earlier, this is a different crowd. This is kids. Right. Kids that have never seen the movies, never or have never seen, the, have never read the old books right. and haven't seen the it's movies. As, yeah, it's all fresh to them because some of the kids haven't seen the movies as much as we have. Mm-hmm. They haven't been through 40 years of that. It's all fresh to them. So they're hungry for more. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, if I'm anxious for new content too, new oh, yeah. actors every day. I want to see new stuff, like all the new stuff in the yeah these uh, the last movies that came out. I was just like, wow, this is awesome. This is awesome. I like that. New designs, new droids, new you know, new shit, right? New yeah. yeah, and new awesome. guards. I think the guard costumes were awesome. Yeah. Oh my so, god, I oh, loved those are pretty cool. it. And we were at the movie premiere, and when they marched past like that, <laughs> um, I did though. I, I did. Like I like so all different. the. Yeah, so they are they were, different. They were, I liked them because they were unique. That's why it, I like. You know, it just wasn't my design aesthetic. They were a little. They well, were. Yeah. <laughs> they were way more sci-fi than science fantasy, which was kind of weird to see. But I, I just liked how it was. 
such a unique aesthetic compared to the Imperial Guards of the original but trilogy. But with, with, with still, you know, giving a little nod to them because they're all yeah. the same color and it's kind they of... They kind of reminded me of something from the old Buck Rogers movies or yeah, something exactly. oh, like that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think was, of that. It was totally different They reminded to me, me yeah. of that in Accordions. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I would never the... buy a Praetorian Guard <laughs> costume because I'm not that into it. Like a samurai. But, I mean, they looked yeah. neat. Armor. I don't know and, if you've and, ever seen the Jetsons. They did the that band called The Way Outs, you know, and they had this yes. thing that's like a <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to Google that. They were called The Way Outs, and when they walked, they, they looked like accordions, but yeah. that it was almost the same kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was your favorite prop that you saw from The Last Jedi? Oh, from The Last Jedi. Favorite prop? Oh, I got a couple. Uh, hey. Luke's Compass. Yes. Which I really liked. And I also liked his necklace, uh, uh, Kyber Crystal Pendant. Oh, yeah, that was great, which too. I, which yeah. we assume is Vader's. I would assume it's oh, Vader's. I didn't, even, I didn't even see that. I might go back yeah, and watch that. Yeah, he has that. A, a Kyber Crystal around his neck, and it's it's a little red crystal. Wow. And we theory is that it's uh, Vader from Vader's saber. It's kind of weird. For me, it, it's, not a, it's not what they were wearing. It was the tree. And the books. Mm. I oh, those loved were great that. Props. I loved it. I wish I was good enough with that kind of material to make those books. Because those would be just great to have as display yeah. pieces. Even if they're not real books, you could just make the four or oh, five yeah. of them and just, you know, it'd be a, the yeah, backing the of them. Yeah. 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 I thought that was awesome. Right. I'm not much for the milk in the bottle. That, that kind uh, of... Yeah. <laughs> no. I love that bothered me quite a bit, but I did like all the cleaning ladies. Oh, they yeah, the, like the caretakers. The caretakers. <laughs> I thought those were great, especially when, like, Ray is destroying the village. Yeah, and she's like, went off. <laughs> I loved Kylo Ren's Jedi lightsaber, how it was a beautiful, refined version of his crap lightsaber that he well, jerry-rigged. Yeah, mm. so it's the same saber, and what I think happened is, because new canon is, uh, the blade cannot be read unless you bleed the crystal. Yeah. So what I think happened is he tried to bleed his crystal, which, which was fine, and he cracked it, and he shattered it, and the only way to, to use it's the like same it's crystal exhaust. is to vent out the sides. Right? I remember when that trailer first dropped, and he's in the woods, and he's powering on the lightsaber. Everybody was like, cross guard, cross guard, it's help, it's help, it's help. And I'm like, it's not a crack. do you guys... Okay, first off, it does look nothing like a cross guard because it has this, it literally has exhaust flare. And my other yeah. side of it was like, there's literally an inch and a half of these emitters on both sides. That's right. not going to protect This guy has a bad temper. You're still going to lose your hand, you know? Yeah, so they're going to yeah. cut right through it and you and everything else. That was one of the one things where I'm like, all hipster, like, I called that because, but I loved how everybody was going, oh, it's a cross guard to protect your hand. I'm like, no, no, no. no. It, it had a no. function because it wasn't perfect. But the actual, the, the one from The Last Jedi, the one where it's his Jedi saber. It was. That, that thing is beautiful. Oh, I love it. The, it wasn't perfect because he them. didn't finish the class. He didn't finish training. <laughs> right, he left and, and he tried to do something that he shouldn't have and he messed it up and he fixed it the way he could. So those right, damn Skywalker right. boys just constantly leave yeah, the They leave the classroom <laughs> before it's finished. <laughs> Then come back and try to fix that and make even worse a mess. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the Imperial officer outfits from First Order, though, the weird-ass hats. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't dig those. I like the outfit, everything except those I was going to say, I like the outfit, but the hat I could do with that. No, yeah. That was... <laughs> well, maybe they were just trying... Remember, it's now New Order, so they're trying to do something different. They were right. stepping outside of that because you no longer had Sidious and Vader controlling everything. This was somebody yeah. else. But in so, Lucas's own words, he keeps... I remember back when he started working on 
episode one in the making of he's like you got to make it just weird enough but not too weird where people right. think it's crazy it turned off exactly. i think a, i think they're starting to dip a little bit into the too weird for yeah. the, but i mean that's every almost every director like it's gonna be oh i like this over that right. and they're also it's trying a matter to push of the personal taste you know they're, right. they're trying to what can i get away with what you know without losing the entire fan base you know oh yeah what risks can i take that will pay off and, and but, some might not but also stand out that, right. That, this that, is, that, that the risk was taken and it and, and it was right. positive or or, or it like wasn't that, easily and, Captin but that, like, not that this is the that, empire but that it's no, the new order the so new that it trilogy. stands out differently <laughs> I wish they do something I, I I guarantee she's gonna be alive in the next one I hope so because that's a bummer. they didn't show her dying they just saw her falling so yeah right I well, mean that's what happened to Darth Maul when you think he's like the yeah. guy from pineapple express he just keeps coming back right. he just keeps coming back. <laughs> i mean when you think about it kathleen kennedy was going oh yeah we did her wrong we did her wrong she's going to be integral to the story in the next one she's going to have so much screen time and it's like uh, nope well the only three thing, minutes the only thing she <laughs> yeah. served for was for finn to finally uh say what he was and uh, you know yeah she called him uh scum and he's no rebel scum like that's when he his right. identity became affirmative you know this is what he is and that that's why rose was important and that's why phasma was wasted but i feel like that her role was also important for him to develop and oh that yeah was the pivotal thing like i would have liked to have seen them explain why 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 is it that when he got touched on the helmet with the blood why did he all of a sudden see things differently I would have liked to have seen that. I think just PTSD, watching yeah. your friend get capped yeah, in front of you. Realizing yeah, that it might not more... be the right thing to do. Right? And then I would say that, plus, you know, they just, you know, casually executed a whole oh, village, village of people. Yeah, innocent yeah. people, yeah. Like, women, children. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> else was still doing it. But why is it that when he gets touched and the blood is on his face? Because it's his friend. Right, but some he kind of looks like, now I can see things differently. But why? You know, it, I would like for that to be explained because it really doesn't because he completely turns around. Now, we know in Clone Wars that they had a chip in their head and they took, a couple of the guys took them out. Right. Because they the knew that chip. it was, yeah, it was in it was in them. But now, what is it that... Well, Stormtroopers they, aren't clones. No, Stormtroopers right, right. aren't clones. But it'd be but interesting. But when they're, they're taken when they're babies, almost like the Jedi. No, I, don't, it's I think it's just brainwashing. Because right? yeah. uh, they take them as children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they kidnap them. But you still have a choice. You can still make a choice. So why is it that... I think he realizes at that point... That he ha that he can make a choice, but he, he, his identity isn't sealed yet. You you don't know what he is. He's a defector, but he's kind of helping. But he's trying to get away. Like he, he's trying to escape each time. He's... But why aren't there others doing that? See, there there well, are not others. Well, I think if others. that comes back to the brainwashing, it's when you're brainwashed, that's what you know. Right. I mean, there's no other way out of it. He was able to see through that and realize because when you're brainwashed, people could tell you, oh, you don't have a choice, and you go, oh yeah, you're right, I don't you're have right, a choice. Right. But he was able to go. But maybe I do you have a choice. The repercussions are. Extreme, but, but his friend did that to him because maybe his friend, when he was dying, realized, you know what, this is all wrong, and maybe that's why he touched him. And I'd like to know what the friendship was between these two guys. Yes, yeah. well, the, you know, I would like for them. It to was four of them. They were the traitor guy was a part he of was one of his squad. Yeah, so right. uh, I don't remember now, but there was a list of them. It was nines, uh, and there was uh, two other guys uh, that were with Finn as well. So. One guy died in the in the opening scene, and the guy that yelled traitor was the other guy that was in his group. And there was one more that that I, I can't remember. I, now. Uh, I believe the last one was he got cut from the film was supposed to be Tom Hardy's cameo that recognizes him when he's on the ship, and he's supposed to go, "Hey, how you doing, Finn? You're an officer now, you know." Right. So I think like that, but I wish they would have put that in the film. I think yes, that would have been yeah. kind of cool. 
You'll see that in the um, director's cut. Right. <laughs> Hopefully. At least deleted yeah. scenes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That we talked about that last time was some of the dire- some of the scenes that should have been in the movies mm-hmm. that ex- give you a little bit more of an explanation. Well, the shock T death in, in the oh grievous killer. Yeah. On, All of a sudden she's just dead and we don't know because they cut that out. Right. But. I would have liked to have seen that too because then you you have a little bit more. Ex- it explains a little bit more. Yeah, a little closure. Right. right. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. I need closure. <laughs> I need closure in some of these movies. It's a relationship for me. <laughs> See, he has the same, like, he has the same psycho <laughs> knowledge <laughs> I have about all the stuff that nobody else knows about. Doesn't I, watch it all. I retain I love him. information. Yeah, it's like, I, I'll remember things that are from long ago, but I, I don't remember what I had to eat yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's Star Wars related, it, you're going to remember that. Sticks. Yeah, it usually sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's like, when is our anniversary? May twenty fifth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, September twenty fourth. <laughs> hey, you <got> <laughs> You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble when we air this. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for listening today, and thank you, Marcus and John from mm-hmm. Enemy Props. Please visit their site. You're going to love yeah, what you it's, see. It's not enemy. It's nmeprops.com. So please visit. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Radio Geonosis. Yay! Yay.